Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the MMA live chat with Dustin Ortiz. Um, so we've got a really exciting just kind of episode here. Um, last time we had John Gooden on, so we had some great fortune here. We're going to go ahead and announce uh, some explosive news that we have. We've actually got Boss Rutten for the 22nd who's going to be on. So tune in for that. That is a Thursday, same time as we've got this going on today. But I am, of course, Jason, so I am a part owner of MMA on Point, editor. You guys have seen me in all the videos. Um, we've got Tom over here, who is Hi the guys. other co-host, and he is the awful video game player who just can't <laughs> seem to do well on EA UFC 3. Um, but yeah, you got another episode coming out tomorrow, don't you, Tom? I do. Well, maybe not tomorrow, but I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping to post on Sunday. I'm filming it tomorrow. Um, on Sunday. Uh, Dustin, for, basically, we started a, a UFC 3 game. Uh, basically walk through and i'm playing as jason as he's starting his career in the wfa <laughs> and uh, so far he's been knocked out in his first two fights um and he's won one so we're doing okay we're doing okay so far yeah i feel a comeback coming <laughs> yeah. it's like, that's, what, that's what i'm hoping it shouldn't, it shouldn't be hard to come back after two knockouts i mean you don't get much worse than that. <laughs> yeah he's he's um He's not got many fans either as well, so there's not a great deal of pressure on him. I think he's got zero fans, so um, <laughs> it's all on him at the moment. Yeah, thanks, Tom. I really appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so then, of course, uh, Dustin Ortiz is who we've got here. So he is number nine ranked in the entire freaking world. So this is ridiculous that we've got him on a podcast. Um, for those of you guys that are new to this channel, we started in August with zero subscribers, and here we are talking to a number nine ranked flyweight in the entire world. So this is super awesome. Um, I guess uh, you just got off your fight at UFC 220. You just won. So what's it like coming off of that camp? And here you are a couple weeks later back in Franklin, right? Yeah, back in Franklin. It's great. You know, coming off of a win is always nice. You know, it's uh, you get that little bit extra relaxation, if that makes sense. Um so when you lose, you're kind of like, uh, you, you just want to get back at it. You know, you can't quite let go of, uh, of what just happened. So you're never, for me at least, I'm never 100% just like, man, it feels good to like take a deep breath, you know? So when you win, it's like you can fully indulge in that fresh air and uh, that couch is a little bit more comfy. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, yeah it's been great. Uh, a, a win is always nice. That's cool, man. Yeah, so um, what I'm really interested in doing is kind of uh, delving into your past a little bit. So you've been around in the game for a while. You've been around since 2010 professionally. Um, I can ascertain from Wikipedia, so I, I, that's all I've got at this point, is that you wrestled in high school. Um, so, uh, yeah. what was that transition from being, you know, this wrestler all of a sudden fighting in strike force a couple of years later? What, what did that look like? Uh, it was probably pretty ugly. I haven't <laughs> went back and watched those fights very much. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was quite the experience. You know, I was kind of looking at what am I going to do next? Because I was working construction for, um, my best friend's dad at the time, you know, and that just was like, yeah, it was, it, it paid for that moment. But I'm like, man, this is a lot of work to do the rest of my life, you know? So what am I, what am I really wanting to do? Well, I followed my older brothers into, uh, into wrestling. You know, I don't remember even signing up for wrestling. I just showed up at practice, you know? So, wow. It, it just was like something that I was going to do. And, you know, and, and that got me into trouble a lot. Don't don't let it wasn't all <laughs> following my brothers was not an easy path. But sure. it's just something I did, you know, and then they went into the military and I felt like, OK, I'm going to go into the military as well. Well, my buddy that uh, I was working with, you know, for his dad at the time, we're like kind of talking about what we wanted to do and in what branch military and stuff like that. And it's like, man, I got to get back in shape. You know, I, yeah, I wrestled in high school and, and that came natural and I was, you know, really good. And, uh, after high school, once I started working full time, it was like your strength just, it was transferred into like work strength. You know, I could get up, go work out and work. And that was about it, you know? 
and wow. uh, yeah. carry a bunch of heavy stuff, but I wasn't like physically moving people around. So mm. I was like, man, I need to join a gym and get like in military shape, you know? So joined a gym and it was just kind of like, as soon as I walked in, I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is like, this feels good. You know, this is what I need really. And so I just started training and, uh, you know, staying out of trouble and whatnot. And I asked them like, Hey, I want to fight, you know? Wow. Like, just yeah. kind of laugh, you know, because I'm sure they get that like all the time. People coming in like, I want to be UFC. Like, what, is, <laughs> what does that even mean? You know? So it's like, yeah, I want to fight. You know, they're like, okay, well, it's going to be years before we allow you to do that. You know, it's like, I think they said like four years. I had to wow. uh, to become a purple belt in jujitsu, and you know, I had no no stand up experience except for the small amount of fights that I've got in, you know, growing up. And, uh, wow, yeah. so yeah, they, they put on the gym that I was training at national MMA. They put on the first sanctioned fights in the state of Tennessee and the owner of the gym at the time, he actually got it legalized in the state of Tennessee. So this was wow. a huge deal. And I was yeah. like right in the middle of it, you know? So, they're putting on this fight card and they needed guys to fill the card. Well, here, this young 20 year old, you know, comes <laughs> in like, I want to fight, you know, wrestled mm-hmm. in high school. So automatically when I went in, I was beating, you know, white belts, blue belts, hanging with the purple belts, you know, I get shoot in and it was like a 50, 50 chance if they're going to grab my neck or not, you know? <laughs> and yeah. right at first it was like every single time they were choking me out. So uh, but I would hang with them, you know, just because I was naturally scrappy. And, yeah, so they put me on the fight card since I was like a hometown guy. You know, Franklin was just – it's just 20 minutes from Nashville. Uh, it's at the state fairgrounds. Went in there. Won, I think, by first round or second round TKO. Uh, hmm. I was on the front page of the newspaper. Oh, you know, wow. my hands <laughs> up like this. I'm smashing the dude's face. <laughs> And uh, the whole, my whole Franklin High School was there, you know, all my friends. And so sold the wow. place out pretty much. And it was just like, who wouldn't be addicted to that? You know? Yeah. yeah. So I just kind of was like driving to work every day, training first thing in the morning, driving to, or working all day. And then, you know, training at night, I'm falling asleep on, you know, <laughs> on the way there because of traffic. And I'm just like, I'm dead tired, you know, but I got to yeah. do this. If that, this is what I'm going to if this is what I'm going to do, you know, because this is what much more appealing than, than the military, you know, right. at the time. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, okay. You know, I told my dad like, Hey, I'm going to quit my job <laughs> and do this, you know, just like yeah. help me, help me, you know, until I can start making enough money off these fights to do my thing. And that's, you know, once I started, fighting all the time turned professional and never looked back you know and here i am sitting at number nine in the world talking crazy guys (laughs) yeah well uh, obviously we're the least flattering part of that equation (laughs) uh but i I find it fascinating though because you know i i also um i'm a military brat so i grew up on fort campbell so i'm guessing that's where you would have like did you ever talk to recruiters or anything like that in the area or um, no, just at school, you know, they'd be, yeah. they'd come into school and, uh, I was very, very like, I'm not going to talk to anybody until I'm ready. You right, know, very right. like stubborn, you know, I'm not going to go to school <laughs> until I'm smart. Like, no, you got to go there to get smart, you know? Right. But, uh, so I was, yeah, I, I didn't talk to anybody. I wanted to get ready and show up like, but damn, I'm, I'm here. Like, I'm good to go, you know? Heck yeah, man. Man, that's crazy. So Fast forward um, a couple years later. So you you basically smashed people like through your first like <laughs> seven or so fights. They were all stoppages. They're all TKOs. Um, I think a noteworthy point of that though is you're you you are a Strike Force veteran. You actually fought at Strike Force Nashville. And so if people don't remember that, that's the one the crazy fight between Jake Shields and Dan Henderson. But yeah. more importantly, there was the Strike Force brawl, which was basically between <laughs> Miller and the Diaz brothers. So yeah. uh, what was so it like up. fighting on that card? Obviously, you won, so that was a good night for you. And then you're just backstage, and you're watching this. What was that like, being a part of that event? Yeah, it was actually uh, my family You know, came to watch the fights and everything being right there. And 
I was just, I was sitting out in the the stands at the time, you know, because that was the oh, last yeah. fight of the night. And yeah. so everybody was kind of clearing out because the fight had ended, you know, and they were interviewing and whatnot. And so we're just kind of sitting there watching. I'm just taking it all in, like looking around, like looking <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, I just fought here. Like, yeah. Grabbing my brother. Like, Dude, I just fought in front of all these people, you know, like how crazy is this? And uh, and then they just start they start scrapping and you can't really see, you know, because it's one, the cage was I was so far away from the cage. I couldn't really see much. And then uh, on the screens, they weren't really (laughs) they're not like dialed into who's throwing what punch, you know. Right. Right. uh, But it it was it was cool to be a part of all that. And and be kind of, you know, it's uh, I, I never give myself the kind of credit that somebody else does uh i don't know that's just kind of who i am so i'm like yeah i was there i fought on that card and other people are like dude you, fought, <laughs> you were part of that like holy cow that's crazy yeah and i'm just like yeah that is kind of crazy so uh yeah it's, it's really cool when when you bring it up and i can look back and be like yeah that's awesome but from day yeah. to day i'm just kind of like yeah man that was that was a cool <laughs> experience and uh i'm waiting for the ufc gold you know so that's Right. That's really my focus, and I'm not really uh, – I don't ponder too much on the past. You know, I don't sure. think about it and what got me here and all this stuff. I do remember it for sure, and I, I take time from time to time to think about it. But uh, mm. like this, you know, it's like bringing mm. up all these old, like, wow, man, I fought the state fairgrounds. I fought Silverado's in Rivergate. You oh, know? man, yeah. So it's like, uh, wow, that's that's pretty crazy to be a part of such a, uh, an experience that happened in mixed martial arts. Yeah, that's crazy, man. So your second fight professionally, that was your second fight. You went from, where did you fight? Uh, you fought for GFC, I understand. Uh, so yeah, you, were, yeah. that was a small show, right? Yeah, that was at the state fairgrounds. That uh, was the state fairgrounds. Fighting Championship, yeah. Yeah, then, so you... uh, the uh, one was at the Bridgestone. So my second fight, <laughs> I'm like, at the Bridgestone, you know, my coach yeah. was like, hey, dude, don't get used to this. You know, like, this never happens to people. <laughs> and which now looking back on it, it's like, he should have been like, hey, man, you better get used to this because this is where you're going to be. You know, right. like, come on, man, build my confidence up. So I'm like thinking like, <laughs> Oh, I'm never going to make it back here type deal, right? So it was mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, he just, like, blocked me, put up <laughs> a roadblock from the very beginning. So I had to, like, overcome that, mm. you know? Oh, wow, yeah. And it's, you know, think uh, just kind of, like, going over in my head right now, it's little things like that that people don't realize that, you know, I struggle with. I, I made a post uh, not too long ago, like, struggling with not being good enough. And it's little things like that, like, oh, don't get used to this. It's like, no, you don't tell somebody that, you know, like, don't get used to this paycheck because you'll never get it again. It's like, oh, oh man, okay, yeah. Like, I'm just going to save this and hold on to it mm. because it's never going to happen again, right? But you're like, right. man, you better get used to this, you know, learn how to spend it and save it and control it and, and help people with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, so it was like, man, I was really starry-eyed. And Strike Force, man, that was one of my favorite shows to fight on. I don't know if it's just because it was so real to me. Oh like yeah, the colors, the cage, mm-hmm. uh, the way they treated fighters and everything was, man, it was a good, it was a really good experience. I was, I think that second one, I had the afro going on. <laughs> oh right, it was like one of my favorite <laughs> fights because I was kicking, I was switching it up. Uh, yeah. And I fought like an older dude and he was a, he was a beast of a guy, you know, so I'm, it was a lot of overcoming in that fight. And yeah, that was, that's a good experience. And, and sure. how, how, how old were you during that fight? Because one of the things that oh, absolutely man. astounds me is that you're 29 years old, right? And you yes. <laughs> have had the, one of the most fascinating careers and it, and i mean to to be fighting at that strike force event where you got dan henderson guy who's been around uh fighting in some of the biggest fights in japan yeah I mean, how um, how old were you back then and how did it feel knowing that you're on the same card as someone like dan henderson 
Oh man, I I don't know how old I was. I I, I want to say probably like around twenty, hmm. twenty one maybe, because I know yeah I graduated and then maybe a year later or something I graduated in 08 and then I, I just I kind of started fighting right away, uh, doing jujitsu trying to get up to my purple belt you know so hmm. that I could <laughs> so that I could fight because that's what they said ultimately, hmm. um, so. Yeah, I, I fought on the same card as Dan in the UFC as well. And I'll, if if he comes back and fights ever again, I'm going to make sure that I'm never on the card. <laughs> every fight that I fought on the same card as him, he's lost. Oh, <laughs> man. I take blame for it, but I'm like, dude, Dan, like, come on, man. That's like one of my first heroes, you know? Yeah. Like, the good old, like, like. Let's just have a barbecue, man. That's all I want. <laughs> you know, that real like father figure, like, hey, I'm gonna come in and whoop some ass today. You know, uh, it's so that was just like, heck yeah, that was that was quite the experience to to be able to fight on the same card as him as a young mm. up and comer looking up to this guy like him, Chuck Liddell, BJ Penn. Those were like my guys. Mm. You know. And uh, to fight on the same card, share the mat. Wow, you can't ask for much more, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I do want to say, though, just for context, so um, I live about 45 minutes from Nashville. And if you've never been to Nashville, Broadway is pretty much the main street. And so where Bridgestone Arena was, where this happened... Um, this is the, uh, um, the, basically the place to go. So if, you know, Katy Perry comes to town or, you know, like Madonna or, you know, like one of those big names that uh, I admittedly don't listen to, but if uh, <laughs> one of those massive, massive names, um, they come to town, that's where they go. And so that you went from fighting in the Nashville fairgrounds <laughs> to that arena in your second fight. So um, I know yeah. it feels like we're harping on it a little bit, but I just think it's incredible to kind of see uh, anything like that. But I'm kind of curious to uh, – so you touched on your wrestling a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts because there is so much speculation right now about weight cutting. And it's obviously old news for you because you were doing weight cutting literally since you were a kid, you know. So what is it like, all these conversations, and what is your take – on is it a problem or is it people should just suck it up i don't know I, I feel like i've heard opposite ends of the spectrum on this one what do you think um is going on with weight cutting in mma right now i don't know what's going on with it i make weight yeah. just fine. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like you said i've been cutting weight since the sixth grade you know yeah. and i've been able to dial it in to where my last three fights i made weight the night before you know and it's i get to uh i get to eat a little bit i get to drink a little bit stay hydrated i wake up like a pound under a pound and a half and i'm like rehydrating because we weigh in at 9 a.m now officially and so you know that's just kind of how it's been and and i've been able to to kind of push that back a little bit back a little bit so um, so now I'm going to wake up at 9 a.m. right on weight. You know what mm. I mean? Instead yeah. of making the weight at night, I'm going to make it so that I just wake up on weight. I'm going to sleep a little wow. bit heavy. I'll mm-hmm. float and then wake up. You know what I mean? And I have full energy the entire yeah. fight week, uh, whereas people are kind of lagging to get to uh, – their workouts, open workouts, media, stuff like that. Ask anybody that surrounds themselves by me, you know, the energy's there, everything's there. Uh, and so I, I don't understand why these people are having such issues. You know, I, yeah. I feel like uh, it's part of your job, you know, to show up on weight and you shouldn't have to have somebody babysitting you to do so. You know, if you're if your job requires something um, and you don't fulfill that, you're going to get fired. <laughs> you know, so it's right. like, hey, this is no different. Like if, if there needs to be maybe harsher consequences if you don't make the weight. Mm. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't I don't have any. Uh, I don't I don't have many ideas of how to make it easier because everybody wants to cheat. 
so they can be the best guy. Or not everybody, but there's guys that are going to cheat or to do whatever they possibly can because that's been imprinted in our brains since we're little kids, you know. Do it, do as much as you can to be the best guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, do whatever it takes. You know, you hear that in like every motivational speech that you listen right. to. Do whatever it takes. Yeah. No sleep, you know. It's like, well, how am I supposed to do anything with no sleep? You know, <laughs> like no sleep, no eat, just work. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's unrealistic, you know. So to say that you got to maintain a certain weight year round is pretty unrealistic. So guys will and girls will be forced to move up. You know, uh, they got this drug testing USADA that just shows up 365 days a year, 24 seven, whenever they want. You know, tell them to bring a scale, set the scale down. Wow, if you're yeah. Over, you know, if you're over that weight, then you know you get three strikes, and then you got to go up to the next weight class. So right. you maintain. Uh, you know, if you're 135 or fighting at 125, you get the one pound allowance. So now you can be whatever they feel is safe, 10%, 15% of your weight, you know. So I can walk around at 35 or 40 or 45 is the limit. You know what I mean? They can mm-hmm. come up with whatever they want. Uh, yeah. And check our, you know, that's that's the only <laughs> thing that I can possibly think of um, to keep it, to keep it down but people are gonna cut man that's just the way it is mm-hmm. if i you know people are like why don't you just go up to 35 you walk around you know heavy i'm like have you seen a 35er they're like five inches taller than me right it's like walking around at 160 mm. yeah you know 165 they're fighting at 135 there, there's that's why the weight class goes 25 35 45 55 70 80 because yeah. then once you're that you're just a big dude, you know, <laughs> but when you're small, all those inches, all those pounds, all that, the weight, that all matters, you know, mm. down to the, to the little bit. And yeah. so, uh, any advantage people can get cut 15, 20 pounds weigh in the next day, 15, 20 pounds heavier, they're going to do it, you know, especially, uh, some of the wrestlers, they got it down to, you know, like me a science. I don't like to put on that much weight because, makes me sluggish a little bit slow um i i prefer to be faster you know my cardio is there uh whereas if i put on too much i'm a little sluggish i burn out you know um but some people like to put that weight on and then they can hold guys down Mm. you know what i mean they can hold them down uh they feel like they got that power in the first or second most likely not in the third but yeah i don't know man there's somebody's got (laughs) to figure out something people are you know ending up in the hospital and I don't know if they realize brain damage is a real thing and you are increasing the Mm. odds and, and risking the risk goes up so much higher when you take out all the fluids and healthy minerals and vitamins from your brain. And then you're going to go let somebody, or you're not going to let them punch you, but they're going to punch you the next day. Like that just, it's, it's crazy to me that um, somebody will come in looking like a skeleton just trying to you know get to the scale and then try to perform at their highest level the next night you yeah know? well that being said what do you walk around at oh come on now come <laughs> on <laughs> no uh, uh I, i've been big i've been up uh 160 is the heaviest i've ever been and that's kind of like a proud moment for me <laughs> because being a small guy you know you want to be able to be like yeah, I, I, I weigh one sixty. You know, so it's like uh, I I feel like it was after one of my bigger wins in the UFC. I think one of my uh, my first couple, um, I was just so happy. You know, I, I got the win, and uh, and I was pretty obviously unprofessional about it, and took some time off, uh, and I was like one fifty nine point something, and I was like, damn it. So I went and got something to eat, you know, just so I could beat 160. And, yeah, my, I was just like bloated and all kinds of whatever. But so now I, I walk around at like 146. Um, if I get heavier than 146, I'm like, okay, like you got to reel it back in, you know. So I like to be about 20 pounds over. Uh, about 143 
140 is kind of like the lowest I like to be. Uh, then I'm kind of like, okay, man, you might be overdoing it if, if I don't have a fight lined up, you know? Um, so I, I kind of gauge it in that way. Like, Hey, let's, let's eat a little bit more. Let's, uh, kick back on, on some of the cardio or, or whatever I'm doing a little bit too much of. Um, cause I don't want to stay in too, too little of a stage, if that makes sense. Like I want to keep my strength. Uh, I want to keep everything in balance there. So yeah, between 40 and 46. Gotcha. Um, I'm going to let Tom ask some questions here just because I've been hogging uh, all the questions so far. <laughs> but um, one thing I have yet to say, and I just want to make sure, and probably about 20 minutes here or so, we are going to go to your questions. So make sure you're tweeting at us. You'll see that on the bottom of the screen, hashtag MMA on point. And uh, that way your questions will actually be answered live on the air on this um, podcast. So, uh, Tom, I'll go ahead and throw it to you then. Yeah. So one of the main questions uh, that I would uh, that I want to ask is that um, me and Jason do a lot of debating because I used to be on the British judo team. And one of the things that I found fascinating in mixed martial arts is that when you're competing in say more of like an amateur time if you're you're in an amateur period you're an athlete that's what you're there you go to work you perform there's not a lot of pressure on you because you don't have a ton of fans there's not many people kind of looking solely at you what would you say the transition is like to go from, you know, a young guy, not many fans, and then boom, you're on an event like Strike Force, you're fighting in the UFC, and all of a sudden you've got loads more fans. And is there a turning point where you go, right, I need to start promoting myself. I need to start changing myself from an athlete to an entertainer to a performer, say like Conor McGregor has done. Has, has there ever been a point in your career where you go, right, I'm an athlete, but now I'm in the fight business and I want to, I want to, promote it how does that transition work i do not know <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know because uh you know honestly um i put so much pressure on myself wrestling and i had no fans mm. you know what i mean yeah i had my team you know my wrestling team uh my my friends that came to watch me and supported me uh my dad uh, my mom, my stepdad, you know, they came to my wrestling, uh, my wrestling matches, just my family, you know, my brother, uh, and, and mostly just my, I, I wrestled for my, for myself and for my team. You know what I mean? Like mm. my team was like, we we're all like brothers pretty mm. much, you know, and, uh, uh, transitioning into fighting. Those were the same people with me when I started fighting. And so it was like I was just fighting for them and, and for myself uh, because I wanted to do I wanted to be the best possible me. Mm. And that's always kind of been my theme. And then once I got into the UFC, it was the same concept. You know, it was just like I want to do the best that I can do to represent the team that I'm fighting for, uh, to represent the people that came to those wrestling matches that mm. came to uh those first shows, you know, that I fought for at these tiny smoky bars, you know, I'm fighting in smoke you know? <laughs> <laughs> to try to get to these, to, to, to where I'm at now. Mm. And, uh, and so now here being in the UFC, I honestly, I feel like I, I don't even have that many fans still. I mean, I, I get on Instagram and, these high school kids have more more followers, <laughs> more likes than I do. You know what I mean? And mm. uh, it, the UFC, when, once you get to title contention, once you get to that top five, once mm. you get to the top three, and you create superstardom for yourself, yeah, that's when they get behind you. Mm. You know what I mean? When you create uh, millions of followers or, or hundreds of thousands of followers, once you give them a reason – and this goes along with sponsorship as well and uh, and big media companies and news companies. And they only get behind the people that have already done all the work. Mm. So once you do all the work, you create this huge thing for yourself. Then they want to jump in and kind of take the reins sure. for you. Yeah. You know, so um, I don't I don't know the transition. I, I'm not in it to be Mr. Famous. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm in it for uh for the same reasons that i started which were me the people that i started with 
and the love of competition. Mm. You know, I love to get in there and just like <laughs> lay it all out on the line. You know, like if my the frustrating thing with me for right now, with just kind of little on the side, is that uh, 15 minutes is not enough. <laughs> you know, I need the extra two rounds. And, and, uh, so that's a little side piece. It's just like, I love to, uh, get in there and go after it until one person is just like, okay, you win, you know? Mm -hmm. And cause that's how, you know, when we get wrestling, that's how it is in practice. Like we don't, mm -hmm. we do the, you know, hour, two hour, whatever long the practice is, but most of the time you're grinding on the other dude until he gives up or until, you know, the mm. next training partner comes in and you guys just mix it up that way. And that's what makes wrestling such a tough, tough sport, mm. you know, and that's what built my, my love and desire for mixed martial arts, because it was the closest thing that I could find to wrestling. And if you look at some of my old wrestling videotapes, it was just like, yeah, I wasn't the most technical, you know, but I went in there and I scrapped with the best of them every single time, Yeah, you know? And, uh, and so, yeah, to answer your question, I don't know where that transition lies. I'm trying to figure it out because, mm. um, yeah, you can't fight forever. And it'd be nice to have a couple million dollar paychecks. Mm. But you got to be a champion, you know. So that's my first That's my first thing is let's get the belt. That's what I want. Yeah. And when you get the belt, everything else will come with it. And in order to get the belt, you got to be a hardworking son bitch. And ain't nobody <laughs> outworking me. That's guaranteed. Uh, so yeah, I'm just kind of letting myself be myself. And, uh, and I find that that's, that's what people want to see mm. because at, at first I was kind of like, you know, I, I thought about it like, dude, okay. Conor McGregor comes on. Who are these other big names? Uh, Donald Cerrone, he's making a name for himself with like the cowboy team that he has his individualism comes mm. in Ronda Rousey, you know, what are these people doing? I'm like, well, you know, they all have major success they all have been there they have they have done the work to to get there and so that's kind of where i i started um like really dissecting your question yeah and thinking about where 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 does that fall in yeah and i think it'll it just kind of like a, like a sage sage Northcutt, like mm -hmm. uh page van zant those are the kind of people who got it too early yeah, you know, oh, yeah. They're, yeah. they got it too early, and now their work ethic has to catch up to their, you know what I mean? Yeah. And once it levels out and it balances, then they'll be making these huge paydays. They'll be champions, um, and that will kind of lead into uh, like their a little safer retirement. Yeah, because you can't just get into the UFC and then oh, you made it, like you retired, <laughs> like you know that's not that's not how it goes. You have to. You have to build your brand. Mm. You have to market yourself. And then once the UFC starts to do that for you, yeah, um, you really have something there. And so uh, I, I think just getting to that point is where that transition will happen. Mm. So for me, it hasn't happened yet. And I'm excited because I'm already building momentum Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, with my fans and, and my friends and really within myself because I can feel it now. You know, and I'm believing in it, and that's what excites me. Is I'm like, now, now that the the process has started within myself, it's just going to flow out and mm. and take a hold like it like it did. Like I said in the very beginning, I don't remember signing up for wrestling. I don't remember like signing up for this fight. They just asked me on a week's <laughs> notice, and I said yes. Yeah, you know. So it's like uh, everything just has happened so uh, effortlessly in a in the not like oh i ain't worked for it like but in a a way of like i've been working so hard that these doors and opportunities have just opened mm. and i know that that will be kind of the next one mm. so i mean that leads me on to my, my my next question how was it after that spectacular 15 second knockout i mean did you see a change there i mean because that was <laughs> that was incredible that's the fastest knockout in flyweight division history i believe right yeah absolutely absolutely is so, um keep going keep going so i was just gonna say so was that did you see anything from there because i mean that was that was huge did you see a a, a change in, in how people started to see you 
Yeah, so when I, when I saw the change was um, when I got the bonus, that was the, the, the immediate change is that I said, okay, now I, I have the recognition for my weight division because not a lot of people, not a lot of flyweights are knocking guys out, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was the initial um, recognition that I felt was they rewarded me right away with the, with the bonus, you know? And so I was like, okay, now I have momentum. Um, but it was like a, it was like a mountain, you know. I fought, went all the way up, and then after the fight, it, it, there's no, there's nothing left, you know, because they have fights the next week. Yeah. And somebody, <laughs> because they, we're, we're, I'm competing with the best of the best in the entire world, you know. Um, so somebody's gonna knock somebody out <laughs> next week, <laughs> you know. And so now I will. I will be forgotten about ultimately. And so, uh, until this one, mm. now this one, the UFC threw me in the commercial, you know what I mean? They, they, uh, put me on the Instagram, they put me on the Twitter, stuff like that. They, they, they made it known that I was fighting. And when they do that, you know, that you're kind of a watch to watch guy, you know? And so, uh, even Tyron Woodley, you know, is like, this is the fighter to watch, you know, he's out doing his thing. Um, I used to train at the gym that he's training at, uh, Rufus Sport. And so he's like, yeah, there, you know, he, he no longer trains with us. So I'm curious to see where he goes now, how he's going mm. to fight. And uh, so I felt a lot more um, recognition from the UFC uh, standpoint um, from that fight. And also from a, a sponsorship point of view, People are like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that knocked the dude out in 15 seconds. I'm like, yeah, that's me. You know, like, I'll do it again if that's what it's going to take. You know, so every fight, you know, you're trying to get that knockout. You're trying to win impressively. But, you know, ultimately, you, you got to win, mm. you know. And uh, so that that's kind of what this fight was about. was like it wasn't about showing off. It wasn't about getting another 15-second win. Is about getting a win against a very tough dude yeah. in uh, in Alexander Pantoja. I mean, I don't think he's lost a fight since 2012 or something like that. Um, oh, man. Like a real three rounder fight, not the not on the uh, the Ultimate Fighter TV show. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, I can't go showing all my flashy moves either. You know, I gotta <laughs> I gotta save those for the champ. <laughs> He thinks I'm just a wrestler, so I'm gonna use that to my advantage and, and sneak a good one in on him. Yeah, yeah. And, and and sorry, yeah, Jason, what were you gonna say? Well, I was just gonna say it's been since 2010 since he lost, and that was against Formiga. So it's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. But what were you gonna say, Tom? Sorry. Yeah, I mean, so I mean that I I can see a few comments going up and down uh, on our live chat. But uh, what do you think of Demetrius Johnson as a challenger, as a as a young guy, as a tough guy? Uh, who's climbing up the rankings, and as a champion that a lot of people seem to not be able to connect with, what I mean, what what do you think of him? What, what, how do you think he stands in in the pound for pound? Uh, and you know, this is going to sound like a dumb thing to say, but do you think you got a shot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a slightly uh, I don't want to say dumb, but we all know the answer to that. <laughs> you can call it. Yeah, dumb. I'm going to be the one. I'm going to be the one to beat him that's 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 hands oh, down yeah. i've been i expect that out of myself now you know what i mean and it 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 didn't come easy it, it came a lot of overcoming uh winning fights you know getting into the ufc uh fighting you know joseph benavidez you didn't see me back down one time in that fight and mm. nobody wanted to fight him at the time they were all turning him down turning him down couldn't get a fight they called me. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. You know, like, of course, I want to fight the best of the best. Like I said, I want to compete with these guys. That's you can't do this forever. So when my body says, hey, man, <laughs> we just can't get out of bed today. then that's when I call it quits, you know. Yeah. But until yeah. then, which is no time soon, I, I want to I want to live life in, in to the fullest, you know. So, uh, yeah, I it, Mentally overcoming that, well, don't get used to this <laughs> attitude, you know, uh, overcoming that into engraving, <laughs> like, yes, I expect myself to give it my all, 
to compete with the best and to get the belt to be the second ever UFC flyweight in history. Man, Just yeah. Ortiz with the fastest knockout in UFC history. This dude stays chopping. He is coming after the belt, you know? And that's what I that's what I believe and that's what I'm going to convince everybody else to believe. You know what I mean? And t- until I get my shot and then I just go and prove it. You know, mm. I just go and do what I love to do and compete. So uh, what do I think of him? He's the, he's the best, hands down. He's fought the best of the best. Uh, he just fought Ray Borg, um, which I fought Ray Borg. And that dude is tough. He's fast. He's And, and Demetrius just kind of did not what he wanted to, but he stuck to a game plan and he did what he wanted to in his game plan. You know, to the very end, to he launches the guy and <laughs> arm bars him. Like, I don't even know if that's possible in the, in the video game. You know what I mean? Right. He's, he's yeah. over here doing it in real life. Yeah. He's, uh, he, he's finishing fighters, you know. So, I, I think um, I think he's, he's the man, you know. He, he's the man in the sense of uh, he, he's not backing down from any, any challengers. He's, he's fought at 135. There's no need for him to go back up and, and, and challenge a bigger guy. You know what I mean? He's already done that. So if you want what's his, come down and get what's his. He's not going to go up and, and take what's your. He obviously doesn't want the 35 belt or he'd go back up, you know. So if you want, you know, his legacy or whatever, which you're not going to take somebody's legacy anyways just by beating them. Mm-hmm. You know, you're better than them that night. It doesn't mean that you're now the pound for pound best champion or you take his legacy or whatever, you know, these people are saying, I don't keep up with it too much, but uh, he's accomplished so much for the sport. And uh, if I, I, I don't know, he seems a happy guy <laughs> you know, yeah. playing his video game from what I can see. So uh, when, when he's got a fight, he's focused and he goes in there and gets the job done and he wins. And that's ultimately at the end of the night, it's the most important thing is just continue to win because like I said, if you don't have the belt, then you're you're just you're just the guy that or girl that that wants it, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, um, oh, go ahead. Tom. Yeah, I was just gonna say I have uh, I have so so many questions, but uh, Jason, I can kind of see you wanna maybe you wanna start leaning towards some <laughs> of the fan questions. Uh, I wish we could just go on and on and on because it's fascinating. But uh, I'll hand yeah, you, make I'll... sure you got them things written down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, actually, uh, kind of the question, so the very first video when we made this channel that I made was about um, DJ, you know, just kind of talking about um, the issues he has with popularity, you know, even despite that, I mean, especially among fighters, among analysts, among the real hardcore fans, I feel like he's pretty much unanimously regarded as the best in the world. And the casual fans are the ones that don't seem to really catch on. And so a large part of that of what I explored was going after that. And you actually laid it out pretty beautifully talking about how, well, belts and prestige really matters. Like who would give a shit about Conor McGregor if he lost four times in a row? Nobody would. And uh, I don't want to, I don't want to hit on uh, Chell Sonnen a little bit too much here, but people really cared about Chell Sonnen when he was vying for the 185 pound title against the greatest in the world. But after that, you've seen a sharp, uh, precipitous drop, you know? So you don't really hear about Chell Sonnen as much anymore. You know, he's on Bellator. He's one of their bigger stars because of what he did in the past, basically. Um, But you don't really hear quite as much as you used to. And uh, so I think it's really good that you laid out that winning is such a big thing uh, that kind of uh, makes me feel a little bit good that I was on that train myself. But um, what I'm really curious, though, because um, one of the conclusions I actually did end up with um, is that basically where DJ's at, he's been fighting in a smaller weight class where it's new, you know? So there aren't the, like what Anderson had. Anderson had Vitor Belfort. He did have the Chell Sonnens. He did have, um, you know, Nate Marquardt. He had all these names that were around that he was able to fight, and he was he even went up a class and fought there, you know? Um, so one of the reasons why I've pretty much surmised why he hasn't picked up with the casual fans, DJ, as opposed to somebody like Anderson Silva, who didn't even speak English, didn't trash talk, didn't do any of that stuff is, um, 
it's essentially one of these things of having that level of competition there to where you'd like, oh, I beat a huge legendary name. And so one of the things I've surmised is that a TJ fight would be really good. Um, maybe he doesn't need to go up. You know, he just stays down. TJ comes in and fights him. But what what is your thought on that? You know, that idea of beating another really big name. I mean, do you think that really does help him? Or do you think it's one of these kinds of things where, you know what, he doesn't need to do that? Oh, man, that's that's very interesting. I, I, uh, I like the concept of, you know, Ander, or, uh, yeah, Anderson Silva beating all these other huge names, Dan Henderson, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's like that was Dan Henderson was that guy's favorite guy. You know? <laughs> and then he comes in and he submits him. And it's like, man, he just does submitted my boy, you know, like, OK, now I'm going to I'm going to follow this guy and keep up with him. And like stuff that he does is he's finishing these guys he's knocking them out whatever whatever front kicking them to the face and it's like okay yeah now he is the best you know what i mean because he's beating these other guys that were the best uh so i i like that concept you know i could i could see that that is other people's points of view yeah um with going back to dj yeah it's kind of like these are new people um, but you got to understand, like some of these other guys came down from 35, you know, some of these right. other guys fought in WEC, uh, some of these other big organizations and, um, uh, you know, uh, like Japan and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So, uh, they're, they're, they're just not as well known, you know what yeah. I mean? But they yeah. do have the experience of a lot of these bigger rampage, um, trail sunning kind of guys you know uh randy couture so stuff like that so I, I i can respect that point of view you know and i think that could play into it a little bit uh the the whole tj and uh dillashaw thing or um dj and tj i i think it's just it's going to be one of those things where it's kind of like the floyd and um connor <laughs> thing where it's going to be this huge thing because it's champion versus champion. People can, they love that. You know what I mean? Especially if, if a belt is on the line, one of the other, you know, if that's on the line, then it's like, you can, you just, you can, it's easier to feed into, you know, like right. who's going to get whose belt type deal. Hmm. And uh, I think it'll be a huge thing. But then once it's done, then it's, it's kind of done and people are going going to move on because we're living in a generation that it's like, okay, check out this video right oh, cool. what's next you know and th yeah. th then yeah. you're just like scrolling through so many options of videos mm. yep. you know what i mean and it's kind of like <laughs> there's so many fights that that's what it is it's like oh that's a cool fight card like who's next you know and they release the next fight card and you're like this fight card sucks <laughs> nobody on it, you know? but then the fights are like so incredible good. like yeah. dude that was that was one of the best fight cards of the of the year but it won't get that recognition because of the, the names on it. Mm, you know what I mean? Right. And so that's how fast we move on. So I think with both of them, it would be a huge thing. But I don't think it's going to do anything for either of the divisions. Just based off of people just can't get around the, the littler guys, you know? No matter, I go in there and knock out somebody in 15 seconds, there's still going to be a guy coming on messaging like, oh, midget fights, you know? Mm. Like, oh, it, it doesn't take much to knock out a, a tiny little high school. Mm. You know, and you're like, dude, you are in high school. <laughs> you know? I, I wanted to show up on, on the, the front steps of these kids' house, yeah. you know? And be yeah. like, you know how hard I had to work to get here? Mm. Like, let me teach you a couple lessons in, in life so that you you have more respect, you know, so that yeah. you can see what it takes to be great. So so then you can help out somebody else because you're going to go through the same stuff. You're going to have somebody commenting on your stuff that you work so hard for, you yeah. know. Um, can we so make that a reality TV sense. show? What's that? <laughs> 
can we make that a reality TV show? Like oh, when I they did Bully Beatdown, where like yeah. you show up on the front doorstep to some asshole who's been talking shit online and just beat the crap out of him, and you get paid for it, by the way. <laughs> that would yeah. be incredible. But yeah, sorry, I, I, I can't you know, I, I don't want to beat anybody up. I, I don't even like fighting. You I want to see that. Just, though. That's what I'm saying. I want to see you beat that guy up. <laughs> <laughs> I think all the hardcore yeah. fans really love to see that happen. <laughs> yeah, so it would be easier that way because I'm like, hey, we're in the same weight class. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you have you have no excuses. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's uh, it's very intriguing. I would love it because for me and for some of the the other flyweights, you know, it it kind of puts a little hold on our division and it allows some of us to. Uh, to get fights that we need to uh, to move up to the next level. So we have new contenders. We have uh, new names, new faces, and, and stuff like that. So if he's focused on somebody that's not even in our weight class, mm. uh, he's distracted by something right now. You know what I mean? I'm still focused on him and the next person I got to fight. So uh, I love the distraction. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, um, we did have a couple of questions I did want to get to before we did wrap up. So we got just a couple more minutes here. But um, so um, I'm not sure how to say this guy's name. I think it's MMA Art Natick. Uh, I don't know how you want that to be pronounced, but it's a guy on Twitter. Um, he asked, what are your guys' thoughts on Tyron Woodley's style of fighting? The masses seem to think that constant backing up is being forced by his opponents. But if he does it in every fight... Wouldn't it be safe to say that it's part of his game plan? Well, that's kind of an, an interesting question. Well, so let's start with the first part of that question. What are your thoughts on Tyron Woodley's style of fighting? So that's not directly a question for you, which is why I've kind of saved it for the last. But what, what, do, what do you think about that question overall about his style of fighting? You want me to go first? Yeah, yeah, go for it, man. <laughs> You're the qualified one here. So. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know, you don't become champion by being unintelligent in fighting you know so uh do i think it's part of his game plan absolutely he's a very intelligent fighter and like i said you don't get to be number one by not being intelligent so mm. that that's my initial for part one uh mm. answer yeah and then uh, i guess I'm, I'm trying to understand what the second part of his question <laughs> is the massive that masses seem to think that he's constantly back up and he's being forced by his opponents Oh, so I guess I guess what he's saying is I'm assuming it's a he, <laughs> just because uh, mostly guys watch our channel. But um, so uh, I guess he's trying to say is are his opponents forcing that, or is it him that's enforcing his game plan? I I'll go ahead and answer that real quick. I mean that seems pretty obvious that it's his game plan, right? Like he's not fighting their game. He's he's forcing them to come to him. So yeah. it seems like it's his game plan. It's it's a but, weird it's a weird thing as well. Um, people seem to have a really short attention span. Like Tyron Woodley has been fighting forever and he's had some incredible uh, career highlights and he knocked out Robbie Lawler. I mean, people forget about that in an instant because of his last few fights maybe weren't as interesting as, as that was. It is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Did you yeah. have a thought on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, yeah, of course it's part of the game plan, you know? It's uh, Joseph Benavidez did that to me. You know, he took, he used my aggressive come forward come forward come forward against me super intelligent because he's been there he fought in the wc he's fine all these high level fighters he's fought for belts you know what i mean and so mm. he's not just going to come in here and just let me just come at him and put him up against the cage and take him down and all this stuff he's going to let me come in and as soon as i get confident he's going to explode on me you know mm. and that's what he did and he's landing head kicks and he's landing basically whatever he wanted <laughs> in the fight because he's an intelligent fighter. Tyron right. Woodley, very intelligent fighter. Uh, if he's going to let somebody come at him, it's because he's setting something up. You know what I mean? And and you got to think, a big dude like him and in those bigger weight classes, he's got to fight five rounds. He's the champion. He's fighting five rounds. If he just pressures, pressures, pressures with uh, – with you know his style of body type and everything like that he might gas out so mm. he's being smart and he's going to fight and make sure that he can explode in the fifth round like he can explode in the first round yeah. and by doing that he's got to let the guy come at him and get tired so that he can go at him in the second round if that makes does that make sense you know absolutely and, and, yeah. 
like I said, he's fighting five rounds. He's the champion. He's not fighting these amateur guys. He's fighting other high-level fighters. And these these people are training specifically for you mm. for however many months, you know, however many weeks in advance. And they're studying. This is high-level stuff, you know. So to go in there and just knock somebody out, that doesn't happen all the time. Nobody goes in there and says, I'm just going to throw my game plan out the window and let them knock me out. Mm. Nobody does that. They're going to do their ultimate best yeah. not to let you do anything, you know. So, uh, yeah, of course, he's going to let the guy wear himself down with all his movement. And then so he can do what he does. It's, a, it's all strategy, you know. Absolutely. Um, well, so, yeah, um, let's see. An- another one here was, let's see, somebody's asking the difference between uh, Ben Paddock is his name. How would you describe the difference between judo and wrestling in MMA? Um, I mean, so obviously we've had really big names like Ronda Rousey come in as judo practitioners. She's probably a really good example for takedowns, you know, especially when you look at the home fight. But um, and then, of course, just wrestling, you know, so. What would you describe as the difference? Um, and I'm, I'm not really sure what angle he's coming at that from, but open-ended, the difference between judo and wrestling. I feel like that's a really wide-open question. But. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I, I'm not sure what he's kind of looking for there. Yeah. Um, judo, you know, th- those guys are more or less going to toss you on your head, you mm. know, whereas wrestling, they're going to shoot in, they're going to grind on you, um, wear you down, you know, physically. Uh, whereas judo, they're very kind of light on their feet uh, and throwing and, and really very good with the upper body um, movements and takedowns and uh, body manipulation. You know what I mean? They, they know how to move uh, more stand up. Whereas wrestling, we're down, we're in a, a wrestling stance. So a lot of our stuff is going to be lower three point pressure type stuff like that. I don't, I don't like I said, I'm not sure where he's coming but <laughs> from. Um, but that's kind of to answer a broad question. That's that's what I got for him. Cool. Thanks for asking that, Ben. Um, but we didn't we didn't mean to hate on you. We were just trying to figure out <laughs> no where you're coming no from. Hate. No hate. Yeah, whatsoever. Trying to understand. He's, he's, um, he's probably referring to the fact that um, I had an incredible, successful judo career. Uh, <laughs> so he was he was probably he was probably asking that question. Oh, he was tossing one to you. That's what he was doing. Maybe, he, maybe he knew that what there was one question that this entire panel minus you was <laughs> yeah. able to answer. It's the judo guy. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so then the next question, and I think this is uh, one of the really big ones, and we'll go ahead and close with this. Um, Craig Christ, I want to give a shout out. You did ask a question. We won't have time to get to it, but um, a guy by the name of Commander, um, he asked. Um, who would you like to fight next, Wilson Hayes or Sergio Pettis? Um, or I guess what's next for you in general would be another way of asking that question too. Yeah, so I've already fought Wilson. I would love to fight him again. You know, anybody that I previously – I lost that fight by decision. Uh, anybody that I previously fought and lost to, I would – that's definitely – those are fights that – uh, when I become champion, they're all going to start coming back after me. You know, oh, so right. those are the guys that get the first, uh, <laughs> the first pickings. You know what I mean? Um, so Sergio, I, I was just asked this question, and he, he's not on my radar. You know, we trained together. Uh, we kind of came up together, so to speak. Uh, I trained. I moved to Milwaukee. I trained under uh, Duke Rufus and Rufus Sport and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, which they're all doing amazing right now. And so I, I trained there. I worked with him in and out of the gym. And it's just like, man, I, I'm not going to call him out. You know, I, I don't want that fight. Um, and I think that's that's a championship fight. You know what I mean? One of us become champion, then, then, some, th- then we can talk. You know what I mean? Unless he calls me out, I don't know. That might happen too. Uh, mm-hmm. But you won't get it from my end. And the money's got to be there. You know, that's a money fight right there. People are going to pay to see that fight. You know what I mean? Uh, because of our history together. So uh, th- that's, you know, that's a, the the Pettis thing. Um, who do I want to fight? I, 
we're working on something. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're, we're watching these these flyweights, and we got a couple fights coming up, and we got to see where where these cards lay. And uh, let's just say, you know, I'm not too happy with people just leapfrogging me in this division mm. uh, that haven't had 11 or 12, however many UFC fights I've had, who have fought the guys that I fought to to get where I've gotten, and they just kind of are ranked above me for some odd reason. I'm not sure who does the rankings, but um, not that it matters. Mm. Uh, I'm still going to be on top one day. So uh, we're working on somebody, I, and you'll find out sooner than later. I got to keep you on. I got to keep you guys on your toes so you follow. <laughs> me. Awesome. Um, well, I think we're uh, getting close to wrapping up here. Tom, is there anything that you wanted to ask before we uh, I mean, off? Or? You know, I said this before. I could I could go on all day with a whole yeah, load yeah. of pointless, useless questions that uh, <laughs> Justin probably scoff at. So no, I'm I'm all good. Just other than thank you so much for for joining us, and it's it's been hilarious. It's been brilliant. It's been informative, but it it, it has been hilarious as well. Nice. Yeah, and. Um, I do want to give a shout out to our boy, Randy Huth. He's the guy that connected us here. Um, yeah, so uh, thanks, Randy Huth, for getting us connected and getting this podcast going. So uh, you're our second guest only. So this is huge to go. We got John Gooden the first time, Dustin Ortiz. That's not a bad run of names there to get started off. And uh, speaking of which, on the 22nd, we've got Boss Rutten. So make sure you guys stay in tune for that. And uh, we'll try to get some other podcasts in between. Right now, that's what we've got lined up. But thank you guys so much for joining us. We had a great time. Dustin, you've been awesome. And uh, we'll see you guys on the next one.